the check-in. Um, this is City Limits Newsroom Podcast, where we talk about some of our uh, reporting this week and bring on some of our staff to um, give us the rundown behind those stories. I'm Jean Marie Evely, the Managing Editor here at City Limits, and I am joined today by our uh, staff writer and reporter, Nicole Javorski. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Jean Marie? I'm doing good. Thanks for joining us. So, Nicole, you um, had a story published this week about what's going on in New York City schools, specifically around COVID-19 outbreaks. Um, as most parents in the city know, schools have been closed since November 19th. Um, so maybe you could tell us sort of about how things have been going for the school system this fall and then uh, what happened on the 19th um, to kind of spur this shutdown. Sure. So at the beginning of the school year, their plan was to have students who opted into all remote learning, completely um, learning from their homes using the computers. Um, and then you have a separate set of students who would have opted into the blended learning. They're spending a few days in the classroom, in the school building, getting their in-person instruction. And they're spending some other days you know, at the computer also doing some remote learning as well. And so what ended up happening is at the beginning of the school year, the mayor had set in partnership with all the stakeholders agreed, we hit 3% positivity rate, we're shutting down the schools. And so this was before, you know, they started to see, okay, that they're, they're being able to manage the cases that they had students, um, you know, whenever there was a case in the school, if they, you know, got word of that right away, they shut down the classroom or shut down the school building, depending on the situation. And so that's why when they hit this 3%, um, there was kind of an outcry from some parents, but de Blasio was basically honoring this prior plan. And so what he said, okay, now that we have this this knowledge of what happened so far, let's do a totally new approach, um, which brings us to what's happening now, which is that now the, there's kind of like a brand new, in some ways, very big departure. You have K through, uh, K through five elementary school students, pre-K students are gonna be getting in-person instruction starting Monday. Um, the schools will, will open there. Um, and what happens with those schools is that um, they're trying to do five days a week for the schools that have the space and ability. And so they're prioritizing those elementary school, younger students, pre-K, and then also the District 75 programs, which have a lot of students with special needs who, where that in-person instruction is just that much more critical. And of course, elementary school students they also really benefit from the in-person instruction. Um, all kids do, but it's particularly important for that age. And it's also harder for parents to help those kids through remote learning. So they have even more challenges doing remote learning. And of course, we've seen that those kids are less likely to spread the virus. It's just a little bit safer. Um, so that's the reason for that prioritization. But very different given that middle school and high school students, as of now, there's really no path at the moment defined for them going back to in-person instruction. And so, Nicole, 
in addition to this citywide shutdown that went into effect on November 19th, um, because that, like you said, citywide positivity rate hit that threshold that the mayor had agreed to, um, there have also been schools that have been shut down on a case-by-case -case basis, right, when there's been infection. What has the, like, COVID-19 situation looked like in schools so far? Have there been a lot of infections, and what have those openings and closings meant for families? Sure. So the New York City Department of Education says that from the start of the school year, you know, September 14th to um, the end of November, there were 1,420 students and 1,891 uh, staff members that tested positive to the coronavirus. This led to 1,929 classroom closures since the start of the school year. But of course, you know, we should say that this might sound like a lot for a small school, school system, but for a school system of about a million students and halfly, sorry, roughly half of them in the blended learning, so about half of those students having some um, in-person component, this is not a high positivity rate, about point to eight percent so around 0.3 percent of students and staff testing positive um, for the for the virus in schools and so you know even though there has been cases one thing that you know the the mayor's health team has noted is that people are not necessarily catching the virus at school that there's these other transmission chains happening in families in neighborhoods and so by being able to react quickly to those positive tests they're able to stop schools from being a source of spread you talked a little bit about like you know even though the infection rate as you mentioned has been um, pretty low in schools still thank goodness um you know the uncertainty of this school year has been a tough one and i know you spoke to some folks and some parents as well as experts about sort of the impact that that's having even um you know with individual schools that maybe needed to close a classroom and students have to go home for a few days at a time. Um, what is the impact of that? And what did you hear from some of the sources that you talked to? Yeah, so there is one, especially one um, person I spoke with who's an epidemiologist at NYU, Emily Goldman, and she um, does a lot of research on the mental health impacts of, of public health crises. And one of the things that she found in her own research um, was that, you know, she hadn't focused on this age group, but she's familiar with other research. And one trend that she's been seeing is that young people, in particular, in her research, a little bit older because of the way data is separated, but this also being a trend with high school students as well, that the pandemic has hit these age groups particularly hard because their life is so much more different. The social um, social life, socialization, the way that um, young people spend their time and who they tend to spend their time with has been so impacted by this pandemic. Um, so even though, you know, with that being said, in-person instruction is important for the mental health benefit, for kids' development, especially younger children who have trouble learning at home, um, it's important for parents to 
be able to work. At the same time, we're just not in a situation where schools can consistently, without a doubt, remain open and that families can trust that just because schools open on Monday, that it's going to be open on Friday, that it's going to be open next week. And as Emily Goldman says, that's just really, um, there's no ideal solution right now. That, that even if um, we say we want to keep a certain amount of kids in person if their families opt into that, that there's really just no guarantee how long that lasts. And so this is where it's tricky because on one hand, um, de Blasio announcing this new approach can actually uh, respond to some of the concerns that families and advocates have had that, you know, there wasn't this prioritization for the really the students who need it the most, which could be the younger, the younger kids, but also um, the kids who have special needs where in-person instruction is just so much more vital. Um, but at the same time, a new approach means again, just another change and another reason for families to feel that much more unsettled just, just personally, um, because they don't know what to expect. And um, one of the things that I've heard from families who have done all remote learning, who have opted into full remote, no in-person instruction, is that it's been frustrating for them because they see all these resources and all this attention and effort, not only at the school level, but also just from DOE's top on down all this effort to keep students in person, way more students, especially at the start of the school year, you know, half of the school system, um, that they've seen that attention that could have been poured into getting remote learning right, just not reach it, not be able to get devices for all the students who need to do all the outreach, the communication of, of just parents um, knowing you know, that they can be communicated with in their native language if that's not English, to be able to receive really reliable, consistent tech support, that all these things that are definitely stated goals of DOE and, and of the mayor just haven't always translated because there's just so much uh, resources being poured into keeping um, in-person instruction alive. And that's definitely something that I've heard from some families feeling that there has been this kind of false narrative that all parents just want schools open for their children so they can go to work. And a lot of these families are feeling like, yes, we understand that there's the value of in-person, but it's actually not the case that all parents um, want all the effort, all the resources, or at least the majority of it to be put toward the in-person learning. There are real issues still happening with remote learning. Yeah, and I'm sure those issues are um, going to be continuing. So um, is there anything else up ahead that you think um, might be, uh, that you'll be looking out for in terms of your own reporting when it comes to schools and how COVID is playing out there? Definitely. Um, I think that, you know, on Monday, those K through five pre-K schools Will be reopening and then we also see that um, the following Thursday the same week but on Thursday the district 75 schools they're they're planning to open those that that's actually a significant portion but there's still these middle and high school students who will be doing full remote um, some of the things that you know the the administration has said you know the Blasio administration has said will help keep those students in school 
is um, requiring parents to consent to testing. And so all students who are in person are supposed to have these required consent forms for testing. So I think it remains to be seen just like, you know, how well that goes just from like a logistical perspective, all these families, a lot of them are going to be bringing it in on the first day back of school. And so, you know, the, it all comes down to people being able to participate and being able to really just do things in a timely fashion and be able to get that to work. It'll also be a remaining question when those middle and high school students will be able to get some in-person instruction since, um, you know, it seems like from the mayor's comments, it might take a little while until maybe a vaccine is more distributed and they can really uh, trust that that those students can stay in school. Um, and so that still remains to be seen. It's really a phasing in. And at this point, all the students are home right now. And the other thing that I definitely will be looking out for is since remote learning will continue at least for several months, um, that there's still students who don't have devices, who um, are having trouble accessing Wi-Fi because maybe they live in a homeless shelter or don't have reliable access to internet. And so, you know, uh, those are still issues that they're continuing to try to resolve, but it's really not happening quick enough for those students, a lot of advocates are saying. Yeah, wow. So a very difficult school year for um, New York City yes. families. Um, well, thank you Certainly. so much for, thank you so much, Nicole, for talking with us today. Um, we appreciate it. Thank you. Great. So thank you again for listening. Um, this has been the check-in. That was our um, reporter who um, is covering the COVID-19 crisis for us here at City Limits, Nicole Javorski. I'm Jean-Marie Evely, the managing editor here at City Limits. Um, you can follow up on our education reporting and our COVID-19 coverage by checking citylimits.org. Um, have a good week.